0: Good morning, Southside. Uh, my name is Sam. It's wonderful to be meeting and gathering with you this morning. It's that time of the service where we, we come to hear from God and hear Him speak to us. And so I'm here to read uh, the passage for us this morning. This morning we're reading from uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, just the first few verses there. So if you've got your Bibles there, have, a, have them open to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, let's read together. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels It's a familiar passage
1: to I guess many of us Um, but it's a hard one to live I don't know how you're going um, on living a life of love and I want to unpack that passage not in a way that we're going to go through it verse by verse but instead I want to give out some examples of of ways of really looking at what love can look like in uh, in our lives and and what we had prayed just a moment ago was that we might go out of this place different to how we came in and that's a scary prayer (laughs) to pray because it's saying God I want you to change me and I want you to challenge me so that's what I guess today is about so let's take the journey shall we Um if you go to the first slide please there's um, when I came to Australia some oh, 12 years ago we had to learn some different ways you use words different phrases different things that, different responses that are different from the UK so for my wife and I, when we, we first came to Australia with five kids under six and um, we had two night flights, we were, um, my wife and I were exhausted but the kids had slept, they'd, done, they'd slept both, and which was great but what we arrived, so exhausted, just exhausted. So we walked into Coles to get a few supplies and you know there's someone often there welcoming. Well, that was new to us, don't do that in the UK. So we walk in and this lady says to my wife, hi, how are you? And my wife says, oh, she said, actually, I'm exhausted. We just had two night flights. Do you know how long it takes to get from England to here? And she said, the kids slept, and we didn't. And she just, you know, unpacked the story and, and thought, this is a very nice person asking how I am. After a while, this lady looked a bit kind of, oh, crumbs, Who, who's, who's this woman here? And said, um, so, oh, I, I, I was only saying hello. But she said, hi, how are you? And so, so we had learned, okay, the answer to that phrase, hi, how are you, is good. So um, I don't know if... if you can find the slides up the back there. would be great. So we had to learn some, some different things. So the answer to that question is, hi, how are you, is good. It doesn't matter how things are going. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. The answer is always good. That's the answer you give when someone says, hi, how are you? A friend of mine, um, he kind of takes that a little bit further and he realizes that. So he says, if you could go um, back one more, That's the one. So that's the kind of answer, you know, water may be above your head, but you always say, yeah, I'm good. I'm going well. So a friend of mine says, "Um, how are you really? I like that. That's good to say to someone, how are you really? Love does that. Love goes a bit further than the superficial that just says, how are you going really? I I just thought you looked tired. Or, you know, how are things going for you? How are you really doing? Let me ask that question of you this morning. How are you? Like, how are you going If you click on to the next slide that that question really is how are you or how are you really how is your life working out for you just take a moment see if you can come up with one word that you would use to describe how your life is at the moment and you can't use good or awesome (laughs) because they're the ones we trot out all the time what would you what would you use I'm not gonna ask you to tell me just just think in your mind one word to describe how your life is working out for you at the moment If you've got young family, you might say tired. I've got two two young grandchildren and both of my kids have got those kids. They would probably use that word. A lot of enjoyment too, but they're tired. Um, Frustrated maybe. Um, Maybe just really loving working from home and this season has been good for you. But maybe you've lost your job or you haven't got JobKeeper anymore and actually then life's a bit scary because you're not sure what's ahead. My um, favourite author takes this line of how's your life working out for you and he puts a twist on it which I think is really helpful for us as Christians and particularly in the light of the passage that we had read for us. So if we can go to the next slide. He says, how is your life working out for those around you? Oh, Suddenly we're going, how are you really? Now we're digging a bit deeper. So in other words, if you want to know how my life is, ask my wife. Give her a ring and say, um, Sharon, I just want to ask you, um, how's how's your husband's life working out for you? And I wonder if you get the same answer from her as I would give about how my life is working out. Because our our lives impact other people. Phrases we use, a look that we give, something we don't do, or something we miss, something we forget, or something we do do, has an impact on people around us, because people are watching. Always people are watching us. If you're a Christian, people are watching you, and if you talk about Christ and you don't live it, they notice that big time. And that's not in a way that we've got to live it. It's duty, which is why this passage is crucial, that we know and we learn how to love. Anyone got the loving thing sorted? <laughs> I'd like to meet you if you have. I'd like to know what the secret is. But it's hard, isn't it? And it's an ongoing thing that we need, we need to keep practising and, and I think it's a good thing, like when you come home from work, sometimes we come home from work, maybe you had a really big day and you come home and you think, oh, I'm just so tired, I just want to sit down, I just want a, a cuppa or a glass of wine or whatever else it is that you have when you get home and you just think, I, I just need that because I'm tired. But just think of it the other way around. Imagine you come home from work, you've had a whole day to practice loving, a whole day to practice sharing Christ, a whole day to practice being Christ. So we should come home from work better fitted to serve and be with our families or, or, or our household, whoever we're with, than we when we left the house that morning. If we cared to view it that way. But sometimes we go the other way around, don't we? Just think, I just want to flop, I just want to, all my guards can come down when I'm at home. And somehow if that's happening, there's something wrong with I'm trying so hard to live this Christian life rather than Christ transforming us from the inside. How's your life working out for those around you? my uh, daughter-in-law and my son spent three months in and around Africa a couple of years back and um, they came back with a phrase that I really like and I've stolen if you go to the next slide and it's this love looks like something I like that love looks like something like I can sit down um when my wife gets home from work tonight she's done she we'll have done a 12-hour shift at work she's a midwife and um I know she'll be tired, but I can look down and I can look into her eyes and say, oh, Sharon, I love you so much. And I can be nice and, 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 and kind of gushy, and I can say all those words. But what does love look like? Does that just look like that? Because if I said, um, right, now I've told you how much I love you. is dinner ready. <laughs> so that's not really going to be much help, is it? It's not really backing up. If, if I'm really concerned for what her day has been like and that she's had a hard day and a busy day, which I know she'll have today, then what does love look like? It's not just me telling her I love it. It looks like me preparing dinner. It looks like it's me sitting down saying, how was your day? How did it go today? How are the rest of the staff? I know she's team leader today, so she'll have a lot on her plate. You know, love looks like something. It can look like preparing dinner. It can look like sitting down and listening, actively listening with someone. It can look like buying pizza, as we saw on the, the Alpha video, for someone who was working late. Love can look like all kinds of different things. If you go on to the the next slide, what do you notice about the chair in this picture? I don't know if one of the kids can can have a look. Have a really good look at the chair. What do you notice about the chair? Something's missing. Stick your hand up if you can spot it. Yeah? What can you see? It's got legs missing, hasn't it? Not just one, but both back legs are missing. So how would you go if you were Caitlin, my daughter-in-law, and you're invited with a team of people into a village, and they've invited you in as their guests, and when you arrive, you realise they haven't got enough chairs, so uh, you offer to sit on the ground, and, um, and they say, no, 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 you're a guest, you can't do that, and then they bring a chair that's only got two front legs. What, what's your response going to be to that? And you're thinking, I can't sit on that, it's broken. And the lady, the lady there, she's, I don't know how old she is, I'm, I'm taking a guess, 60-ish? And she brings the chair out and, and Caitlin says, oh, it's broken. She said, it's okay, I'll hold it for you. And she stands behind her and holds it for her. Now, if you were Caitlin, like she's, she, I know she's smiling in the picture, but she felt really awkward, like embarrassed. Like, like, I should be holding this chair for you. That's what she wanted to do. But what does love look like? Love looks like a broken chair being held by someone to say, I want to honor you and I'm so glad you've come. The least I can do is give you a chair and what a privilege for me to stand and hold it for you. Well, Caitlin is struggling with turmoil because receiving love can be really hard sometimes. And we can say, No, I'm all right. But inside we're not. We're really not. But we want to put this front up that we're okay. So, you know, love 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 receives as well as gives. And um, that needs to be a two way street. Love always looks like something. I love the the story of Paul's shipwreck, I know it great, wasn't great for Paul and, his, um, and, and the people who were with him on the, on the boat, but after two weeks at sea, when they hadn't seen the stars or the sun or the moon for two weeks, it says they gave up all hope of being saved. Even Paul. But an angel comes to him and, and, and visits him and encourages him and says, you're going to get to shore, um, but the, the boat will be wrecked. And, and that's what happens. So they, they all get to shore on bits of wood and planks and, and things. And we read these two words, really interesting, as they arrive on, on the shores of Malta, wet, bedraggled, exhausted, seasick. I would have hated that because I don't do well on boats. And, but they get there and it says this, the islanders showed them an unusual kindness. So if you dig into that word unusual, extraordinary. Extraordinary kindness. What did we have read earlier? Love is patient, love is kind. These islanders didn't know Jesus yet, but they showed an unusual kindness. And as believers, we we should show extraordinary kindness, unusual kindness, unusual patience. Because we have so much more in Christ, of him transforming us from the inside. But I don't know about you, but I I know too many Christians that show less love than some unbelievers I know. I look at some of my neighbours and the way they have care for one another in our neighbourhood is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. That has an impact on me and we should be able to show an unusual, an unusual kind of something more. So what does love look like? Building a fire and warming people who are shipwrecked. The governor takes Paul and his friends into, or the people looking after him, into his house and he looks after them for quite a considerable time and feeds them an unusual kindness. And as believers, I wonder how we are at showing that what does love look like? A uh, few months ago, my uh, second son, Ben, he, um, he came to me and he said, Oh, Dad, I bought a new car. Would you help me? Um, it needs a bit of fixing up. Would you help me fix it? And I used to be a car mechanic. Um, and, um, and I said, Sure. I have a deal with my kids that that I do their car with them, not for them. It's a very important word difference in there. Um, Apart from my daughter, who's an accountant, and she does my tax return for me, and I do her her car for her. I thought that's a fair trade. Um, But the the rest, we do it together. So I said, same deal, yep, I'll do it with you. I I made a bit of a mistake with this one because I should have asked Ben... um, to have at least a photograph or look at the car or get a bit more information but I didn't do that because I assumed, wrongly, that um, when you buy another car you usually get one that's better than the one you've had before. And and the last one was an old Corolla, 95, a lot of kilometres, ding in the back. I thought it's going to be an improvement. How wrong you can be. So um, if you go to the next slide, that was the picture he showed me. Now I must confess that at this point in time I, I wasn't thinking um, I'd like to build a car from scratch. It's, I've been on my bucket list. Oh great, let me get my teeth into that. It just was not in my thinking at all. But I'd said I was in and I tried to be a person of a man of my word so w- we were in. And so um, my son lives about an hour, hour and a half or so from us. So I agreed that he could use one bay of our garage. So that was the plan. That did spill into two bays and it did then spill out into the yard as various bits and pieces from other bits and pieces arrived and um, he was stripping things off this to build this car. If you said to me, um, Simon, how's your life working out for you at the moment? I would have said something like, um, well, I'm, I'm helping someone else build their dream, dream car in my time using my garage and my tools um, that will have no benefit to me whatsoever you <laughs> think yeah, well, what's, what's the benefit of that but if you ask my son that second question how's your life working out for those around you if you said um, hey Ben how's your dad's life working out for you at the moment oh what a different story you'd get oh it's fantastic I, I get to use two bays of the garage I can get to use anybody's tools um, if I need if I get stuck and need a hand I just give him a yell he comes down and, and helps me out oh, it's just fantastic I get to build my dream car and I get all the help I need. Depends which side you're on, doesn't it? where you're looking for. Now, the journey building this, um, what turned out to be a Land Cruiser Ute, for those of you who are into cars, um, was a six month journey. I have tools that I had before this project began and that I don't have any longer. I don't know where they went, but they are no longer in my possession. There is a bend in the, in the garage roof because of a block and tackle used to lift something that was too heavy for it, that still have this curve in it, but it's a reminder, I suppose. I have um, scars on my body from getting knuckles caught and all of that kind of thing from doing this. But, you know, I want to missed it for the world. It, ben did 80% himself, I did 20% with him, we did together. But laying down on the, on the concrete floor as we fixed parts, as we tried to lift things in and we did all that together, we had conversations that were so special. Not only did I learn about Land Cruiser Utes, the things I didn't know, I learned a lot about my son that I didn't know as well. And I wouldn't have missed that journey for the world. How's your life working out for those around you and your family? But it involves giving, you know, it involves loss, of my time, of, of skin, <laughs> of tools, of space but so, gra- so glad I did it. You probably want to know what it looks like don't you, if you go to the next slide. So um, that was the finished article, pretty much six months to the day he drove away in that with a huge smile on his face. What does love look like? A broken chair, warming shipwreck people, a fire engine red Land Cruiser ute. Love looks like all kinds of different things go on to the next slide. The, the young lady in that picture, I've got my arm around, her name is Lee May, and I met her about two years ago in the Philippines. I'd um, taken a, a church to visit their sponsor children. You heard from Rosie um, last week, similar trip that I'd taken Rosie and a group of people to Thailand to visit their sponsor children. And, and here with Lee May, I ended up sitting next to her during lunch as we were at the church, um, finding out a bit more about the, the church project with compassion and what's happening there. And as I sat and, and listened to her story of, um, of just about to graduate, 18 years old, graduate the Compassion Programme and graduate from school, I was curious about what, what she wanted to do after that. And she said, look, my, my family are really poor and um, so I'm not sure whether to try and get a job so I can help them or, or to go to college. I just, I'm, I'm not sure, I feel really torn, I don't know what to do. And We talked a bit more and, and I, I then said to her, tell me about your sponsor. You know, organization of compassion I work for we we sponsor children around the world and and I said tell me about your sponsor and she just looked down at her lunch and I, I thought I'd offended her and so I fumbled with some words to try and kind of um, backtrack a bit and I said look I'm sorry if I've said something um, out, out of turn um, I'm really sorry so if I said something wrong she said oh no it's okay it's just that I don't know much about my sponsors I only know their name uh, because they've, they've never written to me. So we really encourage people to write letters, and if you are a sponsor and you've not written, this is the point where you start feeling a little guilty, which is the idea, by the way. Um, I can't tell you how important letters are. It's really a connector and a connection point. Of um, you know, We see poverty often in the West. We look at poverty being about lack of money, lack of resources. It's generally the first place we go in our mindset. But if I look at our nation, we have a poverty in Australia. Our poverty is community. We have a real lack of community. It's a poverty. It's a lack, and that's why in the Alpha video you saw someone working alone late. You see, you know, the gentleman has lost his wife, and um, and he's he's lonely. There's a lot of people like that, and we don't think to go and help them and go and not just buy them a meal, but to sit with them and listen and hear a bit of their story. We have a have a. A community poverty. A lot of the nations Compassion works in are rich in community. So every time I visit another nation, I, I come back thinking, I wish we had more of that here. And they know more about community of how to need one another and help one another. I have a, a the the church I used to pastor. One of our um, one of our young adults now in is now working in Thailand, doing a university degree there. Now fluent in Thai. Amazing story. Love to tell you more about about her. But she says. Her closest friends in Thailand are are some of the poorest people she knows. But she said they're among the most generous. Why? Community. Community. Back to Lee May. So as she talked about her sponsor, and I I explained something of that to her, and I just said, look, it's a different mindset. They're giving money, they're giving the $12 a week to support you um, because they care for you and because they love you, and I think that they think that that's that's all you really need. They don't understand the importance of relationships. We talked a bit about that and, and I don't think it really did a lot of good to be honest. Um, and it, She felt a sadness. So I just, just had this urge in me, I thought I need to write her a letter. So I excused myself from the table, I went to the van, found a piece of paper, and it took me two or three minutes just to write her a, a quick letter based on our conversation. And so I went back in and I found her and I didn't have an envelope so I just folded it up and I just said to, I said Lee May, I know you haven't had a letter from your sponsor and I know I'm not your sponsor but I am going to pray for you, and I am going to remember you, and I just felt I needed to write you a letter, so here's a letter. And there was a tear in her eye, and I don't get tears in my eyes, I just got sweaty eyes, I think. Um, and, and she just she took that, and I saw her just go off to a corner of the, the hall we were in, and she sat down and read, read the letter, and I went off and did something else. And I thought that was the end of the story, but it wasn't. It was about two weeks later that one of the pastors who was on this trip with me from a church um, in here in Queensland, he uh, he emailed me and said, "Simon, I'm really sorry about this. But when I was um, at one of the projects, one of the students gave this to me and, and asked me to pass it on to you. And I f- couldn't find you, and I forgot all about it. And it was a letter from Lee May, that letter that you can see on the on the screen behind me. And so she had written a reply." We hadn't been there much longer, we were probably there another couple of hours, so she'd found some paper, written a letter, and given it as a reply to me. And the essence of that letter was thanking me for writing to her and um, agreeing to pray for her, but, but saying, actually, just thinking about what we discussed and what you said, I decided I think I need to go to college. One letter, written in two or three minutes, that impacts a young lady's life that will impact her life ongoingly and her family as a result of that. I can't tell you the importance of writing letters. And it's about not just giving money, it's about a relationship that goes longevity. I have a former sponsor child in the, um, in the Philippines, um, in Manila. She's a nurse, and she's, been, uh, she's now graduated, but I've stayed in touch with her on Facebook. And um, she is. Um, they've had 14 doctors at her hospital die from COVID. And that's one hospital in one city. Um, and just some of the difficulties she's having as, now as a nurse. Um, but what a privilege to be in touch. I've had the privilege of meeting her and a um, very special, special, special time. I'd like to, as I close, um, get you to visualise something as, we, as I kind of wrap this up. Now, if you will indulge with me for a moment, would you, would you mind just closing your eyes for a moment? I want to describe a scene for you and um, I want you to just picture this as I talk about it. So I want you to picture Jesus on the cross. I'm sure it's, it's something that's been spoken often from this platform of the gospel, of all that Jesus has done for us that enables us to be called children of God. Because that's what we are. So picture Jesus on the cross. I want you to picture not the nice sanitised images that we often see, but this is a messy, painful picture. Bloodstained, agony. Jesus hanging there naked. And as you look at that scene and consider that scene, for us to ask Jesus these two questions that we've considered this morning, the first question was, how is your life working out for you? How are you going? To, to ask Jesus, "How is your life working out for you today?" What would his reply have been? I've been wrongly accused. my closest friends have deserted me, disowned me. I've been whipped to been within an inch of my life. I've had a crown of thorns pushed down on my head. I've been whipped, I've been spat on. I've been mocked. I've been beaten. And now crucified so you look at it that way it's not a great day really not a great day but if you were to ask Jesus the second question Jesus how is your life working out for those around you oh my goodness what a different what a different story what a different image my father so loved the world that I willingly come and lay down my life knowing I will take it up again but I do this out of my love for these people because they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Love forgives. Love forgets. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love is not easily angered. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not self-seeking. Love is kind. Love is patient. And with that in mind, as to whether your eyes closed, let me ask you that question. How is your life working out for those around you? What does love look like in your life and through your life this morning? Are there some shifts, some changes that need to happen? Do you need more time to practice? That you come home from church, from work, from whatever you've been doing, a bigger person, a better person, a more loving person, I like to open your eyes. I'm a really practical person. That's the car mechanic part of me. And um, and I like to take things away that I can think about. So I like you trying to use key phrases and using pictures and images. So what is what has love got to look like for you as you go out from this place today? I've mentioned you know, it looked like a broken chair, you know, a Yang a letter to a sponsor child. Maybe for you it's actually I could sponsor. I could make a difference to this. You know, millions of people that will enter extreme poverty, I can do something about that. I can afford $12 a week, price of three coffees. And yeah, I could give a bit of time to write a letter. So come and see us at the table at where the coffee is and, and we can help you with that. If you're watching online, there'll be a, a, a link in the, f- in the feed, um, in the Facebook live feed, where you can just click on that link and it'll take you to 10 children that need sponsoring. So you, can do, you could, might want to do that. But please, can I say, before you get out of your chair... How about making a decision of one area of your life where you think I can show love or an area of your life that needs to change and if you can make a decision on that before you leave before you get into conversations before you walk out the door there's a greater hope that there'll be a greater sense of an unusual kindness that happens out there because of what's happened in here. So let me pray for us as as we wrap up. Father I thank you that you are the God that so loved the world that you gave your son i thank you jesus that you're willing to go the way of the cross and i I still struggle to understand for the joy set before you you endured the cross thank you for the example you've given us of what love can look like the extent and how far love can go and i pray for each of us for for whether we're a child or or a young person or a young adult or whatever age we are that Father, there's areas of our life that you can still change and where it can be we can be seen to show your love and your life and your light more fully to those around us so father would you show us would you give us an idea of just the area you want to put your finger on today that we might become a little bit more like you to bring more love into this world that's so broken so jesus we confess we need your help because we know what we're like So please, by the power of your Spirit, would you help us? Help us to love. Help us to love our neighbour like we love ourselves. And help us to love you with everything we are and have. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.